0: Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical.
2: This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun
1: way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist.
2: In this episode, we're talking about
1: the atomic bomb. So grab your uranium. And let's get
2: civical. You couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. I know it was a surprise. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. We took a holiday. Mm-hmm. We we tried really hard. We did. To
1: record. Yeah. But sometimes the holiday is forced upon you. It, it is. You have no choice. You must go to grandma's house. We must go to grandma's house. We
2: surrendered. The wolf ate us. So we took last week off, but we're
1: back. We're back. We're back. We're... And not only are we back, but one of us is a year older
2: today oh can you guess who mm. can you guess who mm-hmm. can you t- can you guess by the sound of my voice <laughs>
1: <She's> <laughs> become me. 87 in the course of i'm 87 an- years old <laughs> over the That's break of yesterday
2: yes so when this comes out i will have been a year older for two days mm-hmm. so i will have i think gotten a hang of this new age by that point Are you Um, 28 now? I'm 28 (gasps) as of now. Oh, my God. Isn't that insane?
1: Isn't that insane? I'm in my late 20s, you could argue. One could say you are in your late 20s. Somebody could argue. How was 27? Did you enjoy 27? Oh, I mean, such a hard... It was my COVID year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. An entire year devoted to COVID. Yeah, it's definitely your COVID year. I mean, my birthday is coming up as well and I it, it was also yep. you know a COVID year a COVID year, but also like a really great year I had a fucking great year so I hope for sure I hope you had a great 27
2: uh you know what it was not as bad as 26 was and I think that's all we can hope for that's all you can
1: hope for that's it
2: that's all we I think I'm on I'm on an upswing yes you know and and I'm excited to see what 28 has to yeah. offer and yeah it's my birthday my parents are in town they're staying with me so I'm recording in my bedroom so to our sweet sweet listeners you're gonna hear the sound of the train go by And you just have to love it. You have to love it because I live right above a train mm-hmm. and I have nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. So just love me like I love you and give this to me as my birthday There present. you go.
1: Forgiveness for your birthday present. I- Forgiveness is what I'm asking for my birthday. Not unlike Jesus. Okay? <laughs> no. Not Jesus. I am recording in an Airbnb under a blanket once again. Um, She's under a blanket again, A different guys. Airbnb, a different blanket. But I think the last one was gray, too. The last one was your oh, last blanket. The last one was like a blue, um, like picnic blanket. This one is a gray, like quilty thing, which we love. Yes. And last time it was in Arkansas. Now we are currently in North Carolina. So we're, you know, we've made just some moves. The whole South. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cover the South
2: under a blanket. When are you finally, are you back by our next episode? Yes. Wow. I know. A changed woman. I know. What, like 30
1: days on the road? Something like that, yeah. It's crazy. I know, insane. So fun. But yes, insane. But insane. But insane. Speaking
2: of insane, I think that's a great segue to today's topic. Yeah. Which I'm super interested in because I think we all know about it, but we've never really gotten into the nitty gritty of it. Mm -hmm. Probably for very good reasons, but we can't hide anymore. We're gonna get into it in this episode, and we're talking about the Manhattan Project and the atomic bomb.
1: I mean, first thoughts on both of these things, Arden? I mean, first thoughts, I guess, like I mean, the story of how it came about is like kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very interesting. Um, and I love this whole time period so like that like researching it was super fun but just like the like we didn't really know what we were doing i mean i I think in theory people understood like we're gonna drop a bomb people understood bombs but people i don't think really i I don't know like i'm sure they thought it through you would like to think that they thought it through but the fact that we just dropped these two huge bombs and decimated parts of a country yeah is absolutely insane
2: yeah, it's it really is profound. And especially it's like because we can t- like in we're we're taught in our in when we learn about World War Two that, you know, this happened at the tail end, obviously, of World War Two. And it yep. and it was in context, I think, how I was taught that the, the bombs were in context of like fighting World War Two and fighting Hitler and like. You know doing this crazy thing to to take down this crazy being right when in fact it, you know i think by the time they were dropped we had already taken back europe uh and so the war was just happening in the pacific or am i wrong
1: you're correct in that they were it was developed because germany they thought germany was going to develop them first and so like the plan was to i mean maybe not use them against germany but like in response to germany developing the technology and then we yeah. them against japan like it was yeah not the intended purpose
2: not the intended purpose and look i'm not necessarily like anti-development for the sake of like flexing you know mm-hmm. like i think that's i mean now that's the only reason that we develop them is to essentially show force right but i'm not pro dropping them so i'm gonna start (laughs) off this episode by saying i am not pro at all nuclear weapons it like uh using them using them yeah so if you if you feel a certain way about that then
1: i'm just gonna let you know right now that that's where i'm gonna come back to right i mean there's just no way around the death and destruction. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, of innocent life. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna hit civilians, like thousands yeah. of them, thousands if, of them. Yeah,
2: if you don't, like, you have a bad bomb. You know, like that's the <clears throat> whole that's the whole thing. Oh my God. That's the whole thing. But before we jump in, Arden, do you want to go over today's
1: sources? Yes. today Today, our Sir sources are coming from the American Museum of Natural History.
2: Oh, love.
1: I know. I, know, I was really excited about love. that. Love. History.com. Of course. And the Department of Energy.
2: Sure. Let's talk to them. Let's yeah. talk to our department. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's start off with the Inventors and the Manhattan Project. Let's start off with this little sector of this story. So, uh most of these notes are coming from the American Museum of Natural History right here in the Big Apple. Mhm. So in 1938, three chemists working in a laboratory in Berlin made a discovery that would alter the course of history. They split the uranium atom. Da, 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 yeah. It's the, the
1: the split that started it all. Yeah, Like Ashton and Demi.
2: Exactly. Wow. Wow. Throw Mm. it. Throw it there. Mm -hmm. So yes, obviously splitting a atom is big, big, bada-bang, bada-boom. Uranium, bada-bang, bada-boom. I love it. The energy released when this splitting or fission occurs is tremendous. Enough to power a bomb. But before such a weapon could be built numerous technical problems had to be overcome. I mean, yeah, you can't just like split this thing willy-nilly or you'll blow yourself up,
1: you know? Right, you got to split it the right way. Contain the split, split contain the the split, keep it out of the tabloids.
2: Continuing on, when Einstein learned that the German might succeed in solving these problems, he wrote to President Franklin Roosevelt with his concerns. Einstein's 1939 letter helped initiate the U.S. efforts to build an atomic bomb, but work proceeded slowly at first. I'm in, I'm interested that Einstein was involved. Like that's a surprise, little out I know. Left field guy.
1: I didn't realize that. And there's like his whole journey through this project has is like very interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I mean, I knew that he would I, – maybe I knew that he was a part of it but i didn't realize that he was like the instigator riding
2: the president for god's yeah.
1: sakes well and but it makes sense because it wasn't like you know german like it, it wasn't the german government who was developing this it was right. these like physicists Scientists. like his counterparts in germany and it's who a were small developing it. circle the physicists it's in it world. is as small as the theater industry in new york like oh my god, a every- gossipy gossipy
2: industry. Yes,
1: yes. fellow physicist Leo O
2: we'll say that we'll say that urged Einstein to send the letter and helped him draft it. So this was the letter to FDR, being like, "Uh, my dude, <laughs> they're figuring
1: it out. So you gotta do something. <laughs> <laughs> they're building big weapons over they're building- here. You have no idea, my dude. I feel like we may need big weapons ourselves. Mm-hmm." Two other findings in
2: 1940 and 1941 demonstrated conclusively that the bomb was feasible and made building the bomb a top priority for the United States. The determination of the, quote, critical mass of uranium needed and the confirmation that plutonium could undergo fission and be used as a bomb. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Now now we're bringing plutonium into this. Mm Mm-hmm. At first, Roosevelt set up the advisory committee on uranium because obviously the first thing you do with anything is you set up an advisory committee.
1: Make a committee about it.
2: So he set up a committee, uh, which was a t- which ended up being a team of scientists and military officials tasked with researching uranium's potential role as a weapon. Based on the committee's findings, the U.S. government started funding research by Ooh, Enrico Fermi, Enrico Fermi, and Leo Sislard at Columbia University. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. Hello, Columbia, your alma mater. My alma mater. Mm-hmm. Which was focused on radioactive isotope separation, also known as uranium enrichment, and nuclear chain reactions. Man, I don't like talking about all these elements. Some of them are hard to say. <laughs> This is It's a landmine for me. It is literally a bomb yard for Lizzie. It's a bomb yard for me. In December of 1941, the government launched the Manhattan Project, the scientific and military undertaking to develop the bomb. And you know what? You know, at least we got the name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, it, it all had, the only thing that had to do in Manhattan was that it was Columbia. I mean, there's there's it wasn't. Right. That's it.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That same year, following the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, President Roosevelt declared that the U.S. would enter World War II and align with Great Britain, France, and Russia to fight against the Germans in Europe and the Japanese in the Pacific Theater. The Army Corps of Engineers joined the OSRD in 1942 with President Roosevelt's approval, and the project officially morphed into a military initiative, with scientists serving in a supporting role. Mm-hmm. So the military is now like, "Let me take a look at your bombs," mm-hmm. and the scientists are like, "Okay, <laughs> okay, yes. I'm now
1: best supporting actor." All right. <laughs> the military did to the atomic bomb developers what like the head scientist guy did to Jodie Foster in the movie Contact when she wow. first heard the like the sound from space that came and gave like when she first heard it and then the Uh mean scientist guy who worked for the government came in and took it and there's a whole scene where he takes credit at the press conference and that's exactly what the military did to these scientists
2: way to bring contact seamlessly into this episode anytime i can i will and and i love that for you thank you and i love that for us as this as this uh, podcast Continuing on, on December 28, 1942, President Roosevelt authorized the formation of the Manhattan Project to combine these various research efforts with the goal of weaponizing nuclear energy. Facilities were set up in remote locations in New Mexico, Tennessee, and Washington, as well as sites in Canada for this research and related atomic tests to be performed. So like just think mushroom clouds, mushroom yeah. clouds, mushroom mm-hmm. clouds. Mm-hmm. They
1: basically like we need a big stretch of land to just blow up and blow up and blow up. Yeah. Cuz we don't want to kill any of our people, but we need to oh my test God, no. these big bombs. So like We do have just... to we do
2: have to do a dress rehearsal. Yes. Los Alamos Laboratory, the creation of which was known as Project Y, Y is in yellow. Was formally established on January 1st, 1943. The complex is where the first Manhattan Project bombs were built and tested. On July 16th, 1945, in a remote desert location near Alamogordo, New Mexico. Sorry for that pronunciation.
1: I think it was perfect. It was close.
2: I just had to. I just had to sound it out. The first atomic bomb was successfully detonated also known as the Trinity Test, creating an enormous mushroom cloud some 40,000 feet high and ushering in the atomic age. So it took several years to like get us to, it took what, four years, four or five years to get us to a mushroom cloud? Yeah. I mean, it's both not a long time and it's a long time. And it's a long time. Interesting. Scientists working under Oppenheimer had developed two distinctive types of bombs, a uranium-based design called (laughs) the Little Boy, boy. and a plutonium-based weapon called the Fat Man. (laughs) I mean, you couldn't have come up with, like, two, like, like, similar things, you know, like Beavis and Butthead, you know what I mean?
1: Like a dynamic seriously, duo name? Seriously, how hard was it? The Destroyer They're not and even trying. the Monster. I don't know. Like, Little Boy and Fat Man.
2: Yeah. <laughs> With both designs at the works in Los Alamos, they became an important part of the U.S. strategy aimed at bringing an end to World War II. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they are a deterrent, and when you detonate them, they are
1: even more deterrent they are big and loud and scary yep yep, yep.
2: we're gonna take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors
0: you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working eating or even listening to this podcast and however you shop we all know and love the thrill of the hunt And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: That's the, the, what? The foundation? And and now we're going to get to the two houses that I'm sure everybody...
1: ...knows and recognizes. Yes. The bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki in Japan. Yeah. Lay it on me. Okay. Here we go. These are coming from History.com and the American Museum of Natural History. So on July 26, 1945, at the Potsdam Conference in the allied occupied city of Potsdam, Germany, the U.S. delivered an ultimatum to Japan surrender under the terms outlined in the Potsdam declaration which included among other things um a call for the japanese to form a new democratic and peaceful government or face quote prompt and utter destruction close quote i mean they were like they weren't joking <laughs> they weren't joking they were like get rid of your dictator be a democracy or we'll just end you uh, yeah i mean i think prompt and
2: utter destruction is like a real you know yeah For being a little
1: dramatic, but they did deliver. They did deliver. (laughs) I mean, they drew a line in the sand and that was it. Yep. Um, As the Potsdam Declaration provided no role for the emperor in Japan's future, the ruler of the island nation was unwilling to accept its terms. Of course, he's not going to be like, okay, I will step down. I will. No. He's like, "Mm, fuck you. Who are you to tell me what to do? Right. Meanwhile, the military leaders of the Manhattan Project had identified Hiroshima, Japan, as an ideal target for an atomic bomb, given its size and the fact that there were no known American prisoners of war in the area.
2: I just, this is where, like, I'm just going to start struggling with U.S. Because, yeah, that's great size. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we don't want to kill prisoners of war. But just the fact that, like, there's no hesitation that it is so there's civilians there is insane
1: yeah i mean there's no i, I, I mean i'm sure I, I, you would hope that they calculated that like this
2: they're like oh maybe
1: maybe it's not as
2: many civilians as somewhere else but still right. like i mean you know the if you the, the attack on pearl harbor pearl harbor was a military base yeah you know, they, yeah. they attacked a military base. Yeah. They didn't attack a, a, just a city of people. No. Not to say that, like, Hiroshima and Nagasaki didn't have military,
1: you know, things there, but yeah. dang, y'all. Yeah. Ugh, Okay so continuing on with no surrender agreement in place on august 6th 1945 the enola gay bomber plane dropped the as yet untested little boy bomb some 1900 feet above hiroshima causing unprecedented destruction and death over an area of five square miles the little boy exploded with about 13 kilotons of force leaving five square miles of the city decimated and killing 80,000 people instantly tens of thousands more would later die from radiation exposure so yeah like this is just, crazy like, crazy 80,000 just gone in an instant like just, just from impact and then more out. people died like later because of high cancer and exposure and also remember these are civilians and they're civilian. I mean yes probably not all of them but yeah a lot of them are going to be civilians like of the crazy. eighty, th- I mean e-
2: yeah it's it's wild. This is wild.
1: Yeah. Three days later, with still no surrender declared, this is the one that I'm like, okay, we saw what it did, and we still thought we would do this again. Mm -hmm. Three days later, with no surrender declared, on August 9th, the Fat Man bomb was dropped over Nagasaki, site of a torpedo building factory destroying more than three square miles of the city. So this one, at least, they were like, I mean... This one, they were targeting uh, something. Yeah, like, this I mean... So like maybe they were targeting some something in Hiroshima, but like Nagasaki was because it was there were a defense building or or a a, and a I mean it's a torpedo that they were going right. after something military based, you know. But like still, it's brutal, brutal, I mean, brutal, think, brutal, brutal, brutal to
2: think that like. Like, if you're going after the torpedo plant, I'm like, go for it. Go after the torpedo plant. Like, blow up military things. Yeah. I totally understand. But we've just dropped the little one Mm -hmm. and killed 80,000 people instantly.
1: I think we're going to get more than just the torpedo plant with
2: the fat man.
1: That's what I, I mean. I wonder, like, it would be really interesting to know, like, what the, like, how much they knew of the. Destruction, like obviously, it would be a huge mushroom cloud, and it would be bad. But I wonder if they, because you can't count, like okay, eighty thousand dead, you know, Mr. President. Like, I mean, I wonder how much they. Well, I think it's also. um, I mean, I think as
2: far as like if how many people they killed, I mean, it's like just these are not unintelligent people. I mean, they built the bomb. It's like when they were doing the tests, they saw how what happened yep. in a certain square miles yep. um, worth of like what was you know the, yep. the area that it that it detonated in so it's like look at a map mm-hmm. guesstimate mm-hmm. they they knew when they dropped both bombs that there would be significant loss of human life yeah because they're not stupid they no. know how big these things are they tested it and they thought let's do it let's do it again i don't let's understand do it not once but twice
1: I don't, Yeah, I don't understand dropping the atomic bomb on the like. I mean, we do this all the time. We go after military plants and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, just drop mm-hmm. a regular bomb. Why does just a it have regular to be, one? Just a regular bomb. Why does right? It have to which be is nuclear? but that's the thing.
2: It's like it wasn't. Yes, they they targeted the torpedo plant, but they that wasn't their main target. They could have taken out the torpedo plant. Yeah, they wanted to. They wanted to decimate a city and a country and civilians. So crazy.
1: Crazy. Not our best moment. No. So Nagasaki had not been the primary target for the second bomb. American bombers initially had targeted the city of Kokura where Japan had one of its largest munitions largest munitions plants, but smoke from the firebombing raids occurred over the sky of Kokura. American planes then turned, their, turned toward their secondary target, Nagasaki. So they couldn't see the original city. They couldn't see mm-hmm. the targets. So they were like, all right, next. And they moved on. The fat man killed an estimated 40,000 people on impact. The two bombs combined killed more than 100,000 people and leveled two Japanese cities to the ground. By the end of 1945, an estimated 200,000 people had died in the two cities. I
2: mean, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: The Japanese informed Washington, which following Roosevelt's death, was under new leadership under President Harry Truman, of their intention to surrender on August 10th and formally surrendered on August 14th, 1945. So they surrendered the day after Nagasaki.
2: I mean, yeah, because at this point, because I I mean, Japan's not big.
1: (laughs) well and they're not stupid they're like these americans are insane and they're gonna keep coming for us if we don't right they're
2: literally like i think it's this thing of like we i showed for better or for worse i think for worse that we have no regard for their their life yeah like in the royal day
1: yeah (laughs) in the royal day yes so, Albert Einstein, upon hearing the news of the Hiroshima bombing, was said to have, is quoted to have said, "Woe is me."
2: Ironically or unironically,
1: uh, I think un- uh, oh hundred percent unironically. There's like so like at just the end full of regret. Yeah, so at the end, we're, we're going to do. Um, I'll talk about some interesting facts, and one of okay, them great. specifically has to do with Einstein and like his feelings about the bombs and all of that.
2: All right. Well, before we get to that, let's talk about the lasting implications, um, because I think it's important to talk about this stuff. So following the end of the war, the United States formed the Atomic Energy Commission to oversee research efforts designed to apply the technologies developed under the Manhattan Projects to other fields. Ultimately, in 1964, then-President Lyndon B. Johnson put an end to the U.S. government's effective monopoly over nuclear energy by allowing for private ownership over nuclear materials, which, like, what an interesting,
1: what an interesting move. Right. Well, I think for energy, right, like, it's still the same kind of technology. And so, um, yeah, so they're, but also stupid, yes.
2: Yeah, I'm just like especially lyndon b johnson i'm like know. of all the presidents to be like yeah you can have some of this yeah yeah he wouldn't strike me as that one no the nuclear fission technology perfected by the manhattan project engineers has since become the basis for the development of nuclear reactors for power generators as well as other innovations including medical imaging systems for example mri machines and radiation therapies for various forms of cancer. So again, my beef is never with the development of this energy. Mm -hmm. It is with the dropping of the bombs. Yes, Yeah. The United States was the only country with nuclear weaponry in the years immediately following World War II. The Soviets initially lacked the knowledge and raw materials to build nuclear warheads. Within just a few years, however, the USSR had obtained... Through a network of spies engaging in international espionage, blueprints of a fission-style bomb, and discovered regional sources of uranium in Eastern Europe. On August 29th, 1949, the Soviets tested their first nuclear bomb, which Mm -hmm. obviously sent us into a tizzy. Oh, yes. Although, again, we had no problem dropping it on other
1: people. (laughs) Nobody wants to be destroyed, including the United States. Yeah, I'm like, States.
2: I'm literally, it's literally like, my dude, you brought this into the world, right? You did this. This is your. You set the precedent that, problem. like, yeah, mm-hmm. you showed everybody what this could do, and now, and now you're mad that other people are doing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The United States responded by launching a program in 1950 to develop more advanced thermonuclear weapons. The Cold War arms race had begun and nuclear testing and research became high profile goals for several countries, especially the United States and the Soviet Union. Ducking
1: cover, honey. hmm mm-hmm. So these are some I wouldn't call them like fun facts. They're just No, there's nothing fun. There's nothing fun about this. These are interesting facts. Interesting facts, interesting facts, interesting facts. Perfect. Thank you. It's too, it doesn't quite fit the meter, but you get the idea. Uh, absolutely (laughs) so in july of 1940 the u.s army intelligence office denied einstein the security clearance needed to work on the manhattan project how are you gonna deny einstein because he was a pinko commie liberal the hundreds of scientists on the project were forbidden from consulting with einstein because the left-leaning political activist was deemed a potential security risk they thought he was like yeah Oh, my God. I mean, so, Einstein. Yeah, so, like... uh, So, yes, like, Einstein brought it to the attention of the president, but he wasn't advocating that, like... Right. We should destroy people. He literally was just like, hey, hey, Japan... Or, sorry, Germany is... Germany, yeah. The German physicists are working on this. Just a heads up, it would be disastrous should that bomb or whatever they decide to do with the technology that they're realizing they can develop... Should come towards the United States. Like it would, that's really all he was doing. But what ended up happening was like the United States was like, oh shit, oh, we can do this too. And we can kill people with it. Okay. Yeah. Let's commit war crimes. Let's do it. Game on. Einstein was frequently asked to explain his role in the Manhattan Project in the building of the bombs, and when a Japanese editor asked him, quote, "'Why did you cooperate in the production of atomic bombs, knowing full well their destructive power?' Einstein answered that his only act had been to write President Roosevelt, suggesting that the United States research atomic weapons before the Germans harnessed the deadly technology." He came to regret even taking this step, and in an interview with Newsweek magazine, he said that quote Had I known that the Germans would not succeed in developing an atomic bomb, I would have done nothing." Yeah, yeah.
2: I he- mean, he, I don't. I, Einstein is not is not the culprit here, and and anybody who tries to like put blood on Einstein's hand, it's like yeah. no, no. I, I get I get what he was doing. And especially during a time where the Germans were at the height of their power, yeah. you know, free- he he freaked, and, well,
1: and literally
2: it, just let somebody know, and then we did our thing, and just Well, and it's not
1: like it's not like the Germans developing a new way to kill people was like unheard of, because hello, the Holocaust. Right. So like it hello, wasn't, it wasn't you know like he wasn't without reason to be afraid of this, yeah. but you know, of course, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So that's also, yeah, so like he did, so that's about Einstein. He did alert the president and he later came to regret it because, you know, it set in motion all of these events that then led to massive death and destruction. However, the National, on a slightly lighter note, the National Park Service operates three sites to preserve Manhattan Project history. For over a decade, the U.S. Department of Energy and the National Park Service, in cooperation with other federal agencies, state and local governments, and other stakeholders, pursued the possibility of including the Department of Energy's most significant Manhattan Project properties within a Manhattan Project national park.
2: I just feel like we should not be putting this into a national
1: park. I mean, I feel like... It's not a national park in the sense that, like, let's go have a picnic here. I feel like no, it's no, a no, national know, park yeah. in the sense of, like, if you like, that like the concentration camps are still in Germany. Like, sure, it's but a, I, it's but a... I
2: just have my problem with the atomic bombs. Is like I was saying at the top of this, which is like they are put into this context of like we did this, we were amazing and ended the war by doing this, and it, I feel like. We're not holding ourselves accountable in the way that, like, Germany is holding themselves accountable for what's going on with the Holocaust. Because you're right. Like, the concentration camps and, like, even just, like, within Berlin, like, a lot of somber places. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, I'm like,
1: are we really taking into context what we did? But I do think that the U.S. has – I mean, they've been – I mean, maybe not Trump, but, like, in general, American presidents have been – in recent history, the leaders on like nuclear non-proliferations and trying to like tamp down on all of the oh oh absolutely you know
0: I, mean? like, so I think I, I think yeah. I think there is
1: I think there has been a change and I don't think that the national like making them national parks is like celebrating them I think it's actually doing the same thing of preserving like this was a moment in history that shouldn't be forgotten and we should learn the lessons from it I mean like that's my I mean yeah. that's, I'm not. Maybe that's not what they're thinking, but that was my kind of interpretation of it is like, we did this huge because this wasn't like this happened right away. This happened, no, 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 some, obviously, you know. So, we're yeah. not this organized to like, no, no, no,
2: get, no, no. get them all designated as parks.
1: <laughs> no, it takes at least 25 years in the United States oh, to do that, absolutely. So after numerous studies and several draft bills, Congress passed the National Defense Authorization Act of 2015, which included provisions authorizing the park to be located at three sites, Oak Ridge, Tennessee, Hanford, Washington, and Los Alamos, New Mexico. President Obama signed the National Defense Authorization Act into law on December 19th, 2014. Um, And then on November 2015, Secretary of the Interior Sally Jewell and Secretary of Energy Ernest Moinitz, Monitz, Ernest Monitz, Monitz, maybe? Signed the uh, memorandum of agreement between the two agencies defining the respective roles in creating and managing the park. The agreement included provisions for enhanced public access, management, interpretation, and historic preservation. With the signing, the Manhattan Project National Historic Park was officially established.
2: Look, yeah. I'm not opposed to visiting the park. Yeah, I'm interested. I I'm though. interested. Yeah. But I swear to God, if there is like a, a long road that's lined with oak trees, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> I'm gonna be mad. I know. Well,
1: you know, maybe in I Tennessee, want you might statues. see. You might see some trees in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Considering that's it's fair. Oak Ridge, but you know, Los Alamos, New Mexico, probably safe. You're not gonna see a lot of trees. Just a yeah. lot of desert. A lot of desert. Yep. Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. You know, it's just it didn't sit well with me before getting into the notes and in a crazy turn of events, it still doesn't sit well with me.
1: Yeah.
2: And that's my and that's my hot take. I mean, obviously glad that we ended the war, but I just I feel like at that point, I think I just think and this is easy to say because I'm not um sort of in um the 1940s during World War II. But I think we could have won the war without doing this. Yeah, I think I that's my problem. I agree. Is that I think I think by this point we had enough momentum and we were we were starting to close in that we didn't need to do this to get Japan's surrender. I mean, it's Japan, right? You know, and and yeah, because Germany surrendered before Japan, so Germany had already surrendered by this point.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so
2: it's like. We've already taken out German. Like, yeah, I think. Sorry, Harry Truman. You don't have my support on this one, my dude. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And put that on my grave. Put that I on agree. my grave. I agree. Friend, daughter, anti-atomic bomb. Supporter. <laughs>
1: Supporter. <laughs> May she rest in peace.
2: May she rest in bliss. Yeah. But with that said, that is the end of our Atomic Bomb episode. Happy birthday to me. (laughs) Happy birthday, Lizzie. Happy birthday, me. Yay! And thank you all. You are the greatest gift I could ever have. And as always, we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us, you can review us, you can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.